Hello, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson, and welcome to another episode of Take Action Now. I am your host. This is our midweek service, but it's more than that. This is my way of teaching people all around the world just the few small nuggets that God has given me. And it is always my prayer that you are better when you leave than you were when you came. Now, a lot of people have been asking as Take Action has been morphing, and a lot of you all are trying to figure out how you can partner with us. As I've stated, we're communicating with each other. I'm giving you the word, and you're sending me out to make a difference, and the church has left the building. I want you to partner with us in any way possible, no matter what size the gift is. Listen, it is not the size of the gift. It is the size of the sacrifice. Many of you who are members of our church, you've been going and giving your tithe online. And if you're tithing, you stay tithing. But if you want to connect with our ministry that would help us to make large donations to our Dream Center, to build communities, parks, senior living facilities, and different uh, churches throughout the world, then you'll partner with us here right at Take Action. It's our new nonprofit. And the ways you can connect with us is download the Givelify app. Secondly, you can text TA to 832 9240443 again that's 832 right there on the screen 9240443 you can help us to take the gospel all around the world today i want to talk to you about the four mistakes that great people make now obviously if you're watching this <laughs> we can make one assumption already that there is something great inside of you Maybe you haven't found it yet, but I hope in the next few moments you will, that you will find the it factor so you can make it happen. And we don't have a long list today, just a short list of things that if you would just tweak a little bit could take you to the next level in your life. You know, I heard the first mistake in this way. Here it is, there's the statement. Being penny wise and pound foolish. When I heard it, it didn't make sense to me. But upon further research, I found that this is one of the mistakes that great people make. Here's what I'm saying. Everything in your life cannot qualify as a crisis. You must hear what I am telling you. Even if it seems to be, everything in your life should not be given the advantage of becoming a crisis. It is absolutely destructive to allow all urgencies in your life to replace your priorities. Now, we've got to start there, great woman, great man of God, before we can go anywhere else. Because isn't it true that from time to time, right in the midst of writing the book, Right in the midst of filling out the application to go back to school. Right in the midst of you and your wife or you and your husband talking about whether or not you should begin to have children. Notice I didn't say begin to have a family because one of the things that most couples make a mistake at believing is the family starts when you have children. The family started when y'all got together. But when you start having children and expanding the family, haven't you noticed that just when you are about to open the business, then all of a sudden the bottom fell out of your finances? 
Why? Because it is the enemy's job to try to destroy you, distract you, or delay you as you're almost on your way to fulfilling the purpose that God gave you. And so what he does is he gives us this, uh, this, this subtle nudge to allow not always our own, but other people's urgencies to become our priorities. And how many times in your life have you dropped the ball on your dream trying to help somebody carry the ball of theirs? Now they have theirs and you're left wondering who's going to help you juggle. Sometimes you are the hero that you're waiting on. And I want to say this because I am noticing that so many people that I know are always so busy, too busy to answer a text, too busy to answer the phone, too busy to be a parent, too busy to be a leader, too busy, too busy, too busy. Can I tell you, sometimes busyness is the enemy of progress. Anytime what you're doing right now contributes to you not accomplishing what you dream about is called a distraction. Should I say that again? Anytime, you're not going to find this anywhere. This ain't no quote. This is me. Anytime what you're doing right now, what you're doing right now, maybe you are shopping right now. Nothing wrong with it. I love to do it. Maybe you're golfing right now. Nothing wrong with it. I love to do it. Maybe you're cooking right now. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I hate to do it. No matter what you're doing right now, you actually have a big dream that while you're watching your Netflix show, while you're watching your latest Hulu show, while you're watching Disney Plus, I wish all of these people would give me advertising dollars right now, while you're doing whatever you're doing, is it true that a great number of you are entertaining yourself, but not educating yourself. I want you to block it out. And for whatever reason, you broke your routine today and you clicked on takeactionnow.org or you, you, you went to YouTube or you went to Facebook and you came here. You broke the monotony of your pattern as a signal to God to say, I'm ready for something new. And if you are distracted, it is because you are doing something that is not contributing to the dream that he placed inside of you. Some people need to feel busy in order to feel productive. Raise your hand virtually if I'm talking to you. That if you don't, if your phone isn't ringing off the hook, if you don't have somewhere to go, if you just got to sit down and chill, you feel like you're going crazy. You feel like you're not productive. You got to find something to do. You got to find something to check. Got to find somewhere to go. But being busy isn't necessarily being productive. There will always be a lot to do, my brother, my sister. There's, there's always going to be a lot to do. There will always be a lot to do, which is why you should attempt, should not attempt to do it all so fast. You have to slow down because busyness is the enemy of productivity.
If you are not busy, you are currently encountering one or more of these side effects. If you are the busy type of person that always has to be doing something, I'm getting ready to diagnose your life right now. I'm going to diagnose it and you're going to be like, you know what, Pastor, I can't stand you, but I agree with you. It's going to be kind of one of those things that when you get convicted, you want to tell me or tell the person who convicts you to stay out of your business, knocking on your door. I'm getting ready to push your ring doorbell and I'm not running. I'm right here. I'm right here getting ready to tell you that if you are one of those people that always have to be busy, I'm getting ready to give you your side effects right now. And it's probably going to make you feel some kind of way because number one, you probably are not exercising like you promised yourself you would. You're too busy to go to the gym. You're too busy to walk that mile a day like you said you would. You're too busy to plan your lunches all week long like you bought all of that Tupperware for and, and, and bought all of that sandwich meat for and, and you got all that lettuce and, and all of that, that vegan-ness and non-dairy that and no HGMO, GMO, no this, no that, no this. I don't even know all of the stuff you got, but you ain't doing nothing with it. Why? Because you're too busy. Too busy having cocktails with your friends every day. Too busy going out to eat to have fun. Too busy hanging out with the guys. Too busy hanging out with the girls. And when you're busy, you have to get what's available. You're not reading like you said you would. You're not reading like you said you would. You said you were going to read a book a month. You said you were going to read all year long. You haven't read a whole book yet because you're busy. You're busy. You're cutting corners. You're, you're, you're taking the easy way out. And here it is. I'm about to make you even matter. You're moody because the food that you're eating is contributing to the lack of whatever the mind does when the food is good. I don't, I'm not a doctor. I just know truth. You're moody. And I'm really about to make you upset with me because when you are busy, and you are moody and you're cutting corners, you are emphatically disregarding the important people in your life. You are not calling your mother like you should. You're not calling your father like you should. You're not talking to your siblings like you should. You're not investing in your friendships like you should. Why? Because you are busy and you have nothing to show for it. That is the mistake that great people make we are penny wise and pound foolish. We are spread so thin that everything can tear us apart. I want you to bring yourself back to the center. I don't care if you read 10 pages a day. You don't have to read a book a month. I don't care if you read one verse in the Bible a day. Do something. I don't care if you eat healthy once a week. You got to start somewhere. And I know this is going to get me in trouble with a lot of y'all. You may not be a tither right now, but you got to start somewhere. Show God that he can trust you over a few things so that he can make you ruler over much. I'm going to leave that right where it is and move on. Number two, the second mistake great people make is you are being too hard on yourself. With all the negativity that has come up against you and all the trauma that you've endured in your life, the amount of rejection that you have endured, 
you have the nerve to talk to you that way? David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. How can you talk well to your boss and not talk well to you? The toughest battle you will ever face is the war within. Many of you don't even like what you see in the mirror. You don't like what you see in the mirror so bad that even when somebody who's not your mirror tells you you look fine, you believe the mirror over somebody's opinion. The biggest enemy you will ever have is the inner me. What are you saying to you? Great people are always hard on themselves. You know, the other day, some famous singer reposted a sermon of mine. And I got a lot of text messages from people saying that this person had reposted you, this person reposted you. Man, and here's what followed. They said, it's your season. I said, I got to wait on somebody to repost me for it to be my season. I don't want it. I want my season to be defined by effectiveness. I want my season to be defined by what my daughter sees in me. I want my season to be defined by how our church trusts me as a leader, not by how somebody posts me on a story that will erase in 24 hours. He said, it's your season. Truth is, I should have just accepted the compliment. Truth is, all I had to say was thank you. But because we're so hard on ourselves, we're always explaining out of our privilege. We're always explaining away our accomplishments because we're so hard on ourselves. We can't handle a compliment and then get mad when we don't get them. Sometimes. Thank you is a sufficient answer. I'm talking about me now, not you. So you don't have to feel no kind of way. These are the mistakes we make. Because I'm considering you and I to be great, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And I cannot be less than great if I am an heir to the throne of Jesus. And I am a child of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Beating you up will never lift you up. You have to encourage yourself the same way you do your friends and your loved ones. You know, we're great encouragers for other people. But we always discourage ourselves. Write this down. I'm going to give you three things to put in your repertoire so that you can speak and think your way out of the rut of not having accomplished your goals yet. Number one, you experience emotions. The problem arises when you become your emotions. Experience sadness, but don't become sad. It's okay to have a down moment, but don't stay down there. And I get it because when we're hard on ourselves, we're pushing ourselves. There's a difference between pushing yourself and being too critical of yourself. Self-talk works more than external conversation. Number two, 
you make mistakes. You are not a mistake. I don't care if your mother and father did not produce you on purpose. Might I add, people make love, they have never made a person. God makes life. And if you are here, you are here on purpose. No matter what the circumstances surrounding your birth is, you are not an accident. Repeat after me, I am not an accident. I am here on purpose. And I am here for a purpose. And those are the types of things you have to say to yourself. But consequently, lest you become too haughty, lest you become too puffed up, lest there be a thorn that has to be placed in you, lest you be exalted above measure, let me say it on the other side, you succeed. You are not success. Because it's amazing how many affirmations we have on the negative side. I make mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. Yeah, but you succeed and you are not success. So you have to see it on both ways that you are only what he created you to be, only what he allowed you to be, only what you are connected to him, because only what you do for Christ will last. You are not your actions, whether they be great or small. You are a child of God. Working the works of the one that sent you while it is day for the night is coming when no man can work. Listen to me. Stop being so hard on you. Everybody just type. Give me a break. Just give you a break. Look where you were born. Look, look at the circumstances you were born in. Look at all you saw. Look at who didn't take care of you. Look who didn't care what they said when you were five years old. Look at the things that you actually saw and you still got a peace of mind left. You should be somewhere locked away, having seen, experienced and felt and saw what you've experienced. But because God is a keeper. <laughs> Because if we were what we saw only, then some of you all saw abuse, so you should be abusers. Some of you all saw alcoholism, so you should be an alcoholic. Some of you all saw drug abuse, so you should be dr abusing drugs. But you're a school teacher. You're a truck driver. You're a pastor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a millionaire. You, you, you're, you graduated college. You are a generational curse breaker and it's about time you start recognizing that you are not what you've been through. I got to get off of that. Number three, here's the next mistake great people make. You try to do everything yourself. Mm. And doing everything yourself guarantees that something won't get done. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. And so here you will be a person that gets everything right, but wind up getting fired for the thing you couldn't get to. Because you can't do everything yourself. Here are the final words of a successful endeavor. It's faster if I do it myself. Or if I want it done right, I might as well do it myself. 
This isn't actually the answer. This is actually the problem. That you think you're great enough to do everything that God put on you. And let me tell you something. The blessing that God has put on your life is bigger than the capability you had. I told one of my spiritual sons something that the Lord told me. I told him that today as I am recording this message. I said, you know God is on your side because he will continue to elevate you to a place where you have no expertise. And that's how you know God is on your side because you'll keep going up and up and up until you no longer know what to do. so that you will lean on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The psalmist said the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. You can't do it all yourself. If you don't learn to delegate, you shrink the blessing to the size of you. <laughs> if you don't learn to delegate, you shrink the opportunity to the size of you. And if you don't learn to delegate, you shrink your progress at the expense of false perfection, saying that if I want to do it right, if I want it done right, I'll do it myself. It will be perfectly small because you did it yourself. If you want something big, you're going to have to enlist some help. If you wanted to sustain, you're going to have to enlist some help. Jesus could have just spoke from heaven and asked all of us at the same time, anybody want to be saved? And everybody throughout eternity could have said, I do, I do, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I believe, I believe, I don't believe, I have doubts. Can you explain this to me? All of that could have happened if he wanted it to, but he expanded his vision and expanded the kingdom and expanded his impact when he trusted competent disciples to go out two by two. The 12 turned into 72, the 72 turned into all of us. Why? Because God enlisted imperfect people to bring his vision to pass a betrayer a doubter a liar and it still got done away with thinking that because you are a person who makes mistakes that the vision won't come to pass in fact vision is attracted to people who depend on a higher source to get the job done and to get it done right i trust no one else but jesus's blood and his righteousness. There was an old song. I grew up in an old Baptist church. that said, I will trust in the Lord until I die. I promised him that I. And it, the name of the song was, I will stay on the battlefield. In other words, what we were saying is we can't do it on our own. You can't parent by yourself. You need some help. You can't pastor by yourself. You need some help. You can't bring that idea or publish that book or, or, or do that album, but you, you need some help. Stop trying to do everything yourself, oh great one. Number four, the last mistake that I think that great people make is we give a voice to everything we think. We give a voice to everything in our head. And because we're great, because you're great, you think all of your ideas are great. Because you're great, 
you think that all of your instincts are great. Because you're great, you think that everything you think about people is correct. Because you're great, you think that every assumption you make has validity. Because you're great, you have trouble admitting that you don't always make great decisions. That you don't always see it correctly. That somebody less greater than you can also be right from time to time. And when you listen to the trauma and the delusions that we all have in our head, because I don't care how great you are, something tried to break you before you got here. When you listen to the trauma and the delusions in your head, number one, tell me if I'm not telling the truth. The first thing that happens is you start to lose trust in people. And after you lose trust in people, you start justifying your defensiveness. And after you justify being defensive, you hold things in, and when you hold things in, the next thing that happens is you slowly become bitter and angry. And after you become bitter and angry, now you see everybody in a bitter, angry way, and you criticize everybody for everything which only amplifies the original problem, giving a voice to everything in your head. The Bible says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. It was my job today to tell you that you were great. It was my job to tell you today that you are not your mistake. It was also my job to tell you that you are not your success. Let me reiterate, don't be penny wise and pound, don't have one cent worth of wisdom and 16 ounces worth of foolishness. Listen, don't be so hard on yourself. It's, it's, Second nature for some of us, maybe first nature, but give yourself the room to grow. Stop trying to do it all yourself, which is why you feel like such a failure. Stop giving a voice to everything in your head. When you get to that place, I want you to get on your knees and I want you to say, God, I'm struggling in an area I don't know how to solve. Help me in this moment. Be like Peter on that water. You might not be eloquent of speech, but you can just say, Lord, save me from me. You get that word? Does that word help you? Remember, you're great. If nobody else tells you, I told you. And I want you to believe that from now until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Take Action. Those of you who haven't had an opportunity to give yet, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to download the Givelify app. I want you to download the Givelify app. I want you to click Take Action. Partner with us as we help to improve the lives of children and young adults and seniors in different senior communities all around the world. Text 
TA to 832-924-0443. That's take action to 832-924-0443. And every time you give, this is a nonprofit. All of your gifts are tax deductible. We are adhering ourselves to the strictest moral code to ensure that what you give to us goes exactly where we tell you it will go. And our two initiatives that we're working on right now as we're giving is making a sizable six-figure donation to the Dream Center that's coming here to the Houston area. It's going to teach science, technology, uh, aviation, uh, agriculture, math to young people all around the humble Texas area, the, the Houston, Texas area, uh, the, uh, the west side of town, the south side of town, the east side of town, downtown, uptown, midtown. We're taking our net and we're casting it wide. And then we're not just in Judea, we're going to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And we're going to the island of Anguilla. And we're going to build a park in a community where they desperately need a recreational facility where you and I know that sports is one of the conduits that helps to spark the genius, the tenacity and the discipline of young people all around the world because sports is a universal language. Thank you for your partnership, any gift of any size, as long as it's consistent and as long as it's from the heart. I love you, God bless you, and we'll see you next week. What an amazing time we had in the service today. The word was phenomenal. Listen, if you haven't had an opportunity to join our church, the information is on the screen. We wanna connect with you. Or maybe you're saying, hey, I just wanna sow a seed into what they're doing right there at the Lighthouse Church. Well, listen, the information is also down on the screen. We want to help you connect to a greater mission. Listen, I want to pray with you because the word today, I know is settled in someone's spirit. It's changing your life. So come on, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just want to say thank you just for everything that was said today. God, we thank you, Lord, for all the ears and the hearts that received this word because we know that you're channeling them and transferring them and pushing them into a new dimension in you. God, we just want to ask God that you lift them up Whatever the issue is in life, we pray, God, that you deal with it and work it out right now. God, we just want to say thank you. All these blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we can't wait to connect with you. Remember, share this message. Share this on, on every platform you have. Someone needs to hear this word. We love you. Can't wait to see you again. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson and it took me 27 years to get to the place where I can explain this message. You see, up until now, I've done a pretty decent job at saying to you what God has said to me through the Word of God. But I felt in some ways unfulfilled that I was helping people to gain spiritual maturity, but I didn't see many physical footprints in the earth that would remind somebody once I'm no longer here that God has given me a ministry, not just for the church, but for the marketplace. And out of that birth, what I am calling Take Action. And up until now, we've only known it as a teaching series, but it is actually much more. Let me explain. I founded this 501c3 nonprofit organization that's committed to protecting, strengthening, and uplifting the underserved, the disenfranchised, and I wanna be effective, not later, but now. 
I am hearing what your heart is saying and I kind of know what it takes to change a community, both in the private sector and in the church. Nimble enough in our response, providing educational tools for finances, for mentoring, home ownership, entrepreneurialism. I want to help build leaders and investors in an ecosystem that will transform lives, people who are committed to breaking down barriers and inspecting and inspiring people to take action now. I want to help to convert some of our global ideas so that we can become partners in changing our communities wherever you live. Our work is specifically focused on expanding the power of influence to the disenfranchised, strengthening the underserved. Listen, I found the vision of the Lighthouse Church Take Action, and I found it as a way of being committed to the greater inclusion, turning away nobody, no one, and expanding opportunities for every person in a great atmosphere of acceptance, listen, authenticity, and moreover, through the spirit of love and anticipation. I believe that if we partner together, we can change the world. And we're gonna start right where we're starting. We're gonna start here in Houston, Texas, and the surrounding areas where our campuses are in Katy, in the Sugarland area, Southwest A-Leaf, Texas, downtown, Pearland, everywhere we are, and for all of our Lighthouse 2.0 members around the world, we hear you too. We're starting in Anguilla, rebuilding a park that will help people and young people there to scale and to find their way and to find their fit. And we will not stop there. This is just the beginning. So I'm asking you to join me on a journey that starts today but we'll finish when the Lord returns. I love you. May God bless you. Let's take action now.